quadruple denim. Not just double, not just triple, quadruple denim. Michelle, 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 Life and Michelle, Michelle, Michelle. I don't even know what I'm what? talking about. Hello. Hello. I was trying to say the life and Michelle, Michelle, shoe of fucking, oh, it's all gone wrong. What a dick. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. So Michelle, hi. I don't know. You know, the bloody weather report and all that. But okay. I I have to just say this quickly. The reason why my little flat pancakes are out again, like the shiny breasticle area here. I hate that word breasticles. It's not even a word. It's stupid. What's this called? What's the anatomical word for this bit? The anatomical? Yes. <laughs> you mean? Yes, the chest area. The chest. Chest. I think there's a nicer word for a lady. Decolleté, decolletage, decolleté, decolletage, decoupage. (laughs) Were you into decoupage as a kid? No. Jen had a big phase of the old decoupage. We had the old Holly Hobby decoupage. Yes, it was all lacquered and everything. House full of dusty knickknacks. That's all I can see right now. Get rid, get rid. That sounds like my mum's house a little bit sometimes. She's got a lot of knickknackery. But listen, going back to my decolleté, it's shining wet because it's 32 (laughs) degrees outside. Considering we had a fucking snowstorm blizzard just last week. Don't go there. Where we should go, though, Michelle, is introducing ourselves a bit earlier than last week. It's Geordie here from the comedy podcast Eavesdropping and my friend... Michelle, that's me. Also of the eavesdropping. Yep, and she's the super sleuth and she's the linking lady. She likes to link. She likes to pop a link at the bottom of an episode in case you want to know more. I wonder, Michelle, how many people actually do pop through your links, have a follow through, if you if you see what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it came out wrong, but it was funny, so that's okay. Who Who has a follow through? Well, you don't know. They have to tell us. I think if somebody went to the website, they would lose hours of their life in a fun, jolly, rabbit hole way following all yeah. those fucking links that I spent a lot yeah. of time putting together oh. for everyone. So Shelley Show Notes, she links it up. Listen, Michelle, last week I went to our Magic Music Man's band in a town, seaside town called Hastings, which has appeared on this podcast before because we did the link up with all the links with Alistair Crowley, who apparently put a the curse. The Beast of Hastings. The Beast of Hastings, exactly. So I went to Hastings and uh, watched the show at a lovely venue called The Pig. It's very rock. Really? Oh, great. And how were they? Loud. Very loud. Very sweaty. It was very sweaty in there. Sweaty and loud. But it was great. Just right for your pancakes. Exactly. Didn't have my pancakes out that night. It's nice to put earplugs in. Everyone had earplugs in, but I don't get on with them. I feel like it's like it's changing the experience for me. I've never really worn them. That's possibly why I'm going deaf now. I understand that. But didn't get on with the earplugs, so I didn't wear them. But I want to tell you about an interesting conversation I had with some friends, because I've got a lot of friends who live that way who have known me for a long time, and they Mm -hmm. said, oh, we remember the days of Camberwell. There's a bar there by the name of the Father Redcap. Anyone from southeast London may know it, they may not, maybe called something different now, I don't know. It was a bit of a rum Mm kind of after-hours joint, 
They said they remembered seeing me being carried out by a bouncer, like fireman's <gasps> lift over his shoulder. I said, no. They said, yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll never forget it. And I said, well, I clearly have. But then I thought, oh, I don't like that much. A bouncer has manhandled me over his shoulder and forcibly removed me from the establishment, which is already full of rough people. What on earth was I up to? You were vomit drunk. No, I wasn't vomit drunk. Well, you might have been because you don't remember. No, I didn't vomit in those days, Michelle. I was a bit more hardy. Really? God, I was always the vomit girl. You you wouldn't put a vomiting person over your shoulder. That would be a big mistake. That's a dry cleaning bill waiting to happen. No, that is true. I wonder what. Maybe you were abusive. Yeah, I'd say that's probably. Maybe you were telling everyone to fuck off. Get your hands off me. I don't know (laughs) what happened, but I'm horrified. It makes me feel uneasy. I don't like it. Those were different times though, Michelle, weren't they? They were different times. You could smoke inside. Yeah. That's how different it was. Michelle, I've got a little feedback from our last episode. Do you want to hear it? Absolutely. What is it? It's Al Teggett, our all-round handsome older man. He's real. He's a handsome older man, as we've established. He hasn't even complained about that. He hasn't even acknowledged that we're calling him the hot guy, resident hot guy or resident handsome guy or older man like we did accidentally last week. I think it's because Al's listening and he's like, well, yeah. <laughs> but just... no, he was the guy in the, was it VB ad? His mate cut his grass. So he wasn't the hot guy in the ad. He was Aww. the one getting cheated on. Oh, and for dear. anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, our resident researcher, Al Teggett, he was uh, he had his five minutes of fame in a beer commercial in Australia. It was, that was not his only five minutes of fame, Michelle. I think he's had a good 10 to 15. In fact, even more because, of course, during the pandemic, he and his family were very much a part of that corona... Corona appropriation or something. That's it. Thank you. It was all the recreating artistic paintings, like classical paintings. Using household items. Household objects. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) A lot of tea towels. Oh, I like the one of him in the bath. That was a good one. Going back to episode 36, season four, which was last week's listener's choice slash news drop-in episode... He wrote in to say that his friend Matt, because you did the story about the double decapitation, which was a hometown sent in by listener Safka. Very unsatisfactory ending to that one because there's no answers. But his friend Matt wrote a graphic novel and I spell check has removed his last name and turned it into could. So I don't know what his name was. Can you remember? There's a graphic novel called Registry of Death which you can buy on Amazon for £93.99 or elsewhere for £9.99. I think there might have been a little mistake or a decimal point in the wrong place on Amazon. But it does look very much like a collector's item, very beautifully drawn. Not only his friends were models for a depiction of the crime that you talked about last week, Michelle, the two people, the male and female, who were garroted in their car by an unknown person. But in this weird story that his friend has written and illustrated, it's about a government group who decides who lives and who dies. It's like births, deaths and marriages. And they send these agents after people who they've decided aren't fit to live on this earth and they kill them in awful ways. And actually, Al was the model for the clown-faced killer in that. So isn't that interesting? You can't see his gorgeous face, but you can see his brutal killing moves. (laughs) Who was the author, Michelle? Matt Coyle. C-O-Y-L-E. Coyle. Well, that sounds absolutely fucking terrifying. And it just goes to show that that case actually really freaked a lot of people out. 
and certainly gave some creative inspiration to some. Did you steal my scrunchie? Oh, have a look in your hair bag. Oh, sorry, pet. What was that? Any other business, Michelle? No other business. I've got nothing to report. No complaints. I do have a story for you, Geordie. It's a one-hander, isn't it, this week, Michelle? Because you have an awful lot to tell me and I've just got to sit back, crack open a French non-alcoholic beer and uh, sit back and enjoy myself. I don't know that this is an enjoyable one. Do you know what? In terms of what we normally cover, this is pretty light stuff. Give me the elevator pitch. The fucked up roller coaster that is Britney and her conservatorship. That's a big one. It is a big one. The reason why I'm talking about it is because she's back in the news. Divorced. She's the, what do you call them, mononym? She's what? like Madonna. She, she doesn't oh. even need a, a last name. You know, everyone, you say Britney, everyone knows who she is. Britney, Whitney, Madonna. Who else is there? Tina. Britney, Whitney, Tina, Madonna. I agree. But, you know, she's been splashed all over the news recently because of her divorce to Sam Asghari, who she married and now she's like less than a year later, they're getting divorced. But they have been together for a really long time, haven't they? Isn't he her manager or something or was? No, he was just some hot dude she met at a gym or something. I don't know. Younger. And it's all come out in the last couple of days that he was helping her father, Jamie, keep her in the conservatorship. No. But look, let's start at the beginning because I didn't really understand the conservatorship and I didn't really understand when she was in it or when she was out of it. I'm going to take you back. In 2008, Brittany was placed in a conservatorship after being put under two separate 5150 holds which is basically where the authorities can section you without your consent. That's scary. That's outrageous because anyone can do that to anyone. Yep, pretty much. So in the first 5150, a judge in California not only appointed her dad, Jamie Spears, as her conservator, but they also took away Brittany's usual five days notice period that is normally required before forming a conservatorship. So while Brittany was in hospital under this involuntary psychiatric hold, she was stripped of all her rights for nearly 14 years. As a human being. As a human being. So she had no control over her money, no control over her health care, her friends, mm. her boyfriends or her work commitments. She wasn't even allowed to have a mobile phone. And that is just the tip of the iceberg. Hardcore Britney fans have been trying to spread the free Britney message for years, while the rest of the world just ignored it and just let her be kind of controlled in plain sight. Because we kind of watched her spiral out of control there for a little while with the shaving of the head and the various kids on laps in cars. And I'll get to all of that because the whole idea that she was basically the, the most iconic, well known public pop star, it seemed just too far-fetched that this would actually be happening. But the world kind of woke up to what was really going on. And on November 12 in 2021, after what was a fucking shocking court testimony from Britney earlier in June 2021, uh, where she revealed the complete fucking domination and basically slavery that she'd been living under, her conservatorship was finally terminated. And I admit, I, I didn't really understand it and didn't even bother to want to know anything about it. I'm going to look at what exactly is a conservatorship 
And how did it happen to Brittany? And why couldn't she just get out of it? Now, before I get into that, if you're someone who is fully into the free Brittany movement, full disclosure, there are going to be things I miss out because this is days and days of podcast episodes if you really want to get into the nitty gritty about the fucked up shit that went down for this poor girl. Hoping to cover the basics and end up where she is today, which is, like I said, back in the news, divorcing Sam Asghari. Poor thing, honestly. I know. But she's free of her conservatorship now. Is that one thing that we know is the happy ending? Yes. But of course, like QAnon, there are loads of her fans that are asking, is she really? Is she really free? And then there's Uh. all conspiracies about that she's not. But let's just start with what it means to actually be in a conservatorship. Because it's basically a legal arrangement that allows a judge to grant control to a conservator to make decisions about a person's finances and welfare and decide whether or not that person needs it and if they're unable to take care of themselves due to either physical or mental limitations. And in this case, it's her father who does care about her, you'd think. Well, that's up for debate. Now, conservators can take control of a person's estate and their assets. And in some cases, they can take control of managing everything in their daily life, including healthcare and living arrangements. Typically, a conservatorship is granted mainly for old people who for whatever reason, just can't look after themselves. Hang on, sorry to interrupt, and I know I'm a bit of a pain in the bum here, but I just want to know, is it similar to a power of attorney, which is, like you said, old people or people who can no longer take care of themselves properly, they appoint somebody else, usually before it gets to that point, where they can make calls to the bank, make calls to the electricity board, etc. It's a few steps further than that. because you essentially have no rights. They're meant to be only granted as a last resort to kind of protect people at their most vulnerable. And in fact, in 2015, I didn't know this, but Joni Mitchell had a brain aneurysm and she was placed under a conservatorship and a friend of hers was her conservator and they had the power to oversee her care, but not her finances or her business interests. Now, I couldn't find whether or not Joni is still under that conservatorship, But I think her health has improved and she's probably not. As we get into this, you'll find it's pretty hard once you're in a conservatorship to get out of it. With Joni, she couldn't take care of herself. So she needed someone to step in. But in Brittany's case, she's been living under, well, she was living under a conservatorship since 2008. And I think the reason probably the world thought it wasn't a big deal was because in that time, she released four albums She headlined a global tour that grossed over $131 million. She did a four-year residency in Vegas that raked in over $138 million. My God. And on the surface of it all, she's still doing stuff and being Britney. But then she gets bussed home and locked in and lights out, no phone, no nothing that she can do that she wants to do. She just has to go to rehearsals, go to the gigs, whatever, go to the recording studios. Exactly. And her wow. father, Jamie Spears, controlled her spending. He controlled all her communications, all her personal decisions, including decisions about her body and her health. Good God. They were literally in control of feeding her meds. (gasps) She was basically drugged and her birth control. Oh, for God's sake. You know, conservatorships are meant to protect the vulnerable from being manipulated. But how do you protect against a manipulative conservator? It's impossible. Mm, That's outrageous. If we look at how Brittany ended up in a conservatorship in the first place, like you alluded to earlier, 
anyone who's old enough to remember will know that in 2008, Britney lost it. And the paparazzi very publicly and in hindsight, really fucking brutally, just splashed her decline and her eventual breakdown across magazines, tabloids, TMZ, internet news, everything. And it was car crash stuff. She had meltdowns. Like you said, she shaved her head. Uh, She attacked a paparazzo and his car with an umbrella. She was admitted to hospital twice in one month. That poor girl, honestly. And after a judge viewed a sealed medical report that, by the way, has never been opened to this day, but which supposedly contained really serious information about her mental health. That's when it was determined that Jamie Spears, Britney's dad, who she did not have a good relationship with, alongside an attorney called Andrew Wallet, would be her conservators. And it was meant to be temporary, three months tops, but it stayed in place for nearly 14 years. Wow. And she basically had all her rights taken <gasps> away. She was essentially living in a court-appointed prison with no rights over her life or her body. Now, I told you she made this 24-minute address to the courts back in June 21, where she told the court that she was forced to work against her will, which is basically human trafficking. It's, yeah, slavery. Worse than that, she had an IUD that I believe she did not want implanted into her. Oh, my God. Because they didn't want her to get pregnant and they would not let her have it removed. I mean, what the actual fuck? This is disgusting. When you say they... It's the conservatorship, which is her father. Her father, Andrew Wallet, a guy who was the court-appointed monitor, like all of these people, Lou Taylor, her business, they're all in on this because wow, she's the cash cow and they had full control and if she didn't do what they said, they had the power to, and you'll see what they did, they have the power to throw her into a mental health facility throw her into a rehab give her lithium give her more drugs not let her see her kids i mean she's a slave that is just brutal really that's disgusting and all at the hands of her dad who had the kids kevin federline oh the ex-husband the ex-husband and dad and the thing with all of this whole conservatorship britney was bankrolling it all she was bankrolling her own enslavement her own misery Wow. So I'll do a little mini dive to get everyone up to speed on Britney. So Britney Jane Spears bore the middle child to Jamie and Lynn Spears on December 2nd, 1981. She has an older brother called Brian, a younger sister called Jamie Lynn. It's her mum and her dad's name together. (laughs) That's funny. It's ridiculous. (laughs) She grew up in Kent, Louisiana. Uh, She grew up poor. Jamie wasn't around much. He was a bit of an alcoholic. Lynn was a stage mum. And right from the get-go, she was pushing Britney to be a star. And in 1992, little 10-year-old Britney competed on a show that was kind of an early version of Pop Idol called Star Search. And you can watch it on YouTube. She's amazing. The host is a creep. I'll link it so you can see what I'm talking about. But the thing is, despite her being this tiny little girl with this big voice, she didn't win. She didn't win the competition. But through it, she met a child agent who saw something special in her. And eventually, she got cast in the Mickey Mouse Club with Christina Aguilera and Justin Timberlake. And she kind of became a bit of a small-time child star. And then the show got cancelled. She had no career until 1997 when she was 16 and every single record company turned her down except for a record company called Jive Records where they said, okay, 
will sign you on a six album deal and I think it might have even wow. been a development deal in the beginning. Okay, that's a lot of albums. Oh yeah, they wanted to lock her in. And this was all through uh, an entertainment lawyer called Larry Rudolph who actually went on to become her manager. For context, Jamie and Brittany never had a good relationship and Lynn time and time again seemed to show that she was more interested in Brittany, the money-making machine, rather than Brittany, her daughter. No. It seems that Jamie and Lynn were never there for her when she needed them. So, for example, when Brittany was 17 years old and about to do her first big three-month tour, instead of Lynn being kind of the adult chaperone on the tour and making sure her daughter was okay, she got in a family acquaintance to be Brittany's chaperone, which I find kind of weird because... Why is mum not Yeah, Yeah, why, why is mum not there? I actually think that was probably a bit of a tipping point. If mm. Lynn had been there and good guidance right from the beginning, maybe a lot of the shit that went down, the red flags could have been seen. The other thing is that Jamie and Lynn were not in, in a good place and in 2002 they divorced. With Brittany telling People magazine at the time that it was the best thing that ever happened to her family. Wow. So with that in mind, six years later in 2008, that same man who she was very happy her mum divorced is put in control of her life and her body and her health and her money. Nightmare. Well, just to quickly paint a picture of Jamie Spears's character, in September 2019, her ex-husband, Britney's ex-husband, Kevin Federline, obtained a restraining order against Jamie Spears because he apparently beat up one of the kids. What? And locked him in a room. Oh, my God. Yeah, a restraining order was put against Disgusting. him. Disgusting. And also, Jamie Spears has never had a job. The only job he's ever had is being on Britney's payroll. That's telling. When people have skin in the game, when it comes to Britney, they're going to keep her in a conservatorship. And in fact, 2021, it was revealed that Jamie got a monthly salary of 16000 for living expenses. Mm. That's not even a salary. It was just living expenses. So he got a salary. He got living expenses. He got money for office space. Plus, he was getting a cut of her earnings. Wow. And do you know how much Jamie gave Brittany to live on? No. 2000 a week. Regardless what? of how much money she was earning. Oh, no. It's like he's punishing her. And do you know what? If you're Britney Spears, that's not even going to get you a dinner with a friend, your nails done and your hair extensions fixed up. Like two grand a week when you've just earned $138 million in Vegas. It is control. But back to the timeline. It's 1998 and Hit Me Baby One More Time is released. It's fucking massive. Oh, baby, baby. You do that well. Thank you. But don't you think it was weird the way she sang it? It was like, oh, baby, baby. How was I supposed to know? But it was huge. And she was propelled into overnight mega stardom. Everything changed for her. So she's 17. Her video is controversial because she's basically giving sexy schoolgirl Lolita bra showing. Yeah. Yep, vibes. Big pigtails, steely boppers, whatever. Yep. Exactly. And then there's this whole other marketing thing about Britney being a virgin and saving herself until marriage. You know, this whole thing of she's a good girl, it's at front and center of this mm. whole myth around her and her image. In fact, it was actually, apparently, Larry Rudolph, her manager, who came up with this whole virgin, like having sex until marriage. Gross. I don't like him already. And by the way, it was never true because 
years later, her mum, Lynn Spears, revealed in her memoir that Britney lost her virginity when she was 14 to an older guy who was a footballer. Now, first of all, her mum is letting her 14-year-old go out with an 18-year-old. Yeah, and then she's telling everyone about it years later. Nice. Thanks, mum. It's not even her fucking news to say. No. Keep your mouth shut, mum. I think mum needs to fucking do one. Sounds like it might be a bit of a dysfunctional family. Oh, yes. Not that I'm one to judge, but so far it's sounding a little bit out there. But also, too, Brittany is 16. She's signing this record deal. Why is Lynn signing off on the whole, yeah, my daughter's a virgin bullshit? I will say that she was vilified after. Who was? Brittany. Brittany. Brittany was vilified after that video came out because nobody knew what to do with her. Every single talk show host, both male and female, they just felt like they could speak to her in the most sexist, misogynistic ways, asking her about her tits. Why why are your breasts out? Are you really a virgin? When are you going to have sex? Calling her an irresponsible role model. She's 17 at this point. She's a kid. It's so creepy. So creepy when you think about it, right? Yeah, really. Everyone's obsessed with her body and whether or not she's going to have sex. And then there was that Rolling Stone cover. I don't know if you remember it. Did she have a snake? No, that was at MTV Awards or the VMAs. Yeah, where she was like, I'm a slave for you. With that fucking (laughs) python around it. No, this was where she was photographed in her actual childhood bedroom in her actual home, in a pair of pants, shirt wide open, holding a Teletubby. I think she's got pigtails. Is she wearing a bra? Not sure. I'll have to go back and look. Probably. She can't have bare tits on the front cover. No, but I think there could be a lot of cleavage. Cleavage, that's another word for chest. Bit like what I'm doing right now. But I'm much older than that. Oh, not by much. The thing is, she was tricked into doing that whole Rolling Stone cover, apparently. This whole sexy virgin child thing, it's what the media is going mad for and it's gross obviously you know hit me baby one more time comes out she's the biggest pop star in the world she gets together with justin timberlake everything she touches turns to number one and things are pretty good until 2002 quadruple denim sorry that just came into my mind (laughs) quadruple (laughs) denim not just double not just triple Quadruple and denim. And it was matching. It was JT and Britley. It may have even been more than quadruple denim. I don't know what the next word is up from that because there was a denim Stetson, I believe, as well oh. involved. <laughs> and for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, Britney and Justin Timberlake turned up to one of the awards, MTV, VMAs, I don't know, and they were in matching outfits, quadruple denim. All the denim. All the denim. All the denim. It's too much denim. Don't do it. Please don't. It was very of the time to like have those matchy-matchy outfits because... Oh, matchy. Yeah, the Beckhams were doing it with their leather. All the leather. Quadruple leather. Eavesdropping. Eavesdropping. She and and JT break up. And from what I've read, that breakup really hit her hard. There's a bit of controversy about that as well, isn't there? Well, he released Cry Me A River. Cry, cry. He says it's about Britney. And that song Mm. is basically saying Britney cheated on him, which implies she might not be a virgin because they weren't married. Mm -hmm. And then he went 
on radio and said, yeah, I fucked Britney Spears. Wow, everybody's coming out with all the info except for her. Sorry, keep your mouth shut. No one is treating her well. So the whole I'm waiting till marriage thing is like totally blown out of the water. We all figured that. And she got a lot of hate for lying, for tricking the world about saving herself before marriage because apparently there was all this thing about promise rings and everything well there's a whole movement isn't there that what's it called chastity i don't know chastity not incel that's something different that's definitely something different (laughs) (laughs) you know what i don't like is that all the dudes are patting justin timblake on the back because he shagged britney the rest of the world is hating on her because she lied double standards she's broken up she's been slammed she throws herself into work It did sort of take a toll on her. One of her makeup artists at the time said Britney was having constant little mini breakdowns and she was crying all the times and always saying things like, I just want to be normal. When you're as big a pop star as she is, nothing is normal. Then there was the Diane Sawyer interview where she famously made Britney cry by accusing her of breaking Justin Timberlake's heart and just being a horrible person. And quite frankly, that woman can go suck a dick. Uh, Michelle! (laughs) No, but it's not nice. And look, for years, Britney has always said that her music career is second because what she always wanted was just to have kids and a husband and a family. With that in mind, January 3rd, 2004, Britney marries her childhood friend, Jason Alexander, in Vegas. forgot about that. Last 55 hours, then it's annulled. Okay. A fun thing to do on holiday. And I think she was lonely. And like she always said, you know, she was a Southern girl who just wanted to be a wife and mama. Well, we all made bad choices in our 20s and 30s, Britney. You're not the only one. It's just you're the only one that had the world's media trained on you. Exactly. Like nothing she ever did could go unnoticed. We all made mistakes. We've all made bad choices, but we can kind of forget them and put them in our past. She can't. I also think that she might have thought something like, if I just get married and have kids and I can get off this music train for a while and just be a mum. But it didn't happen. She gets that marriage annulled. Three months later, she meets Kevin Federline. He was a dancer in a nightclub. A bit more handsome than the first one as well, wasn't he? Oh, he's, I mean, he's very handsome. He's very good looking. Are you joking? He's not my type. No. None of her men are my type, but I can see that he's handsome. Okay. Would I shag him? No. I like a little Swede. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, he's a good looking dude. And they dated for three months. They got engaged in July, married in September 2004, less than six months. She's married twice within the space of, what, six months? Would that not raise a red flag to anyone around her in her camp? Yeah, 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 of course. That's an issue. That's an issue. Is she possibly having some mental health issues? Lynn Spears didn't seem to be too concerned. Come and have a little sit down. Let's have a chat, Brittany. And actually, she wrote on her website at the time, I've had a career since I was 16. I've travelled around the world and back. I've even kissed Madonna which she did on one of those. It might even have been when she had the snake. I I can't remember. But then she wrote, the only thing I haven't done so far is experience the closest thing to God and that's having a baby. I can't wait. She's 23 at this point and she gets pregnant fast. And obviously the press go wild for it to the point where it kind of hits Princess Diana level with the paparazzos. They are doing anything they can to get photos of her and Kevin. Mm. Ten months after she and Kevin were married... September 2005, Sean Preston is born and then the shit show 
just kicks off. She was proclaimed a bad mother in the press because, like you had mentioned, she was papped driving with Sean Preston on her lap, not in a car seat, and people were fucking horrified. She later said of this incident, she'd gone to Starbucks, she got back in the car, the paparazzi surrounded her car trying to get a picture of her and she got scared mm. and she freaked out and the baby was crying and the paparazzi were banging <gasps> on each side of the car oh, God. and she panicked and she wanted to get out of there fast and she just took off oh. and she knew it was wrong, but she just needed to get away. God love her. That's so awful. Of course, there's another it. story. There's always another story. I don't know if there is about those pictures of Kanye West that I saw the other day from behind, but there's usually another story. <laughs> you know, she's... In the media, this goes on where she doesn't get a break from these paparazzos. And then her second child, Jaden James, was born in September 2006. Isn't there one called London? No. Is that a Beckham? London Pigeon or something? I thought she called one Pigeon (laughs) London or London London. Pigeon. I must be confused. It could have been one of her multiple tiny dogs that she was always (laughs) carrying, Paris Hilton style. Second baby born in September 2006. November 2006, she files for divorce from Kevin, citing irreconcilable differences. Because apparently after these kids were born, he was just fucking off, going to Vegas, partying. He had another family, didn't he? It's all coming back to me now. I must have been in it reading all the shit that they were driveling out. He had a kid with another woman that he left her to be with Brittany. I'm not sure he's such a great guy. Brittany went for sole custody. She had to settle for joint custody. Just remember at this point... Sean Preston is just over a year old and Jaden is two months old. She's breastfeeding and she now has to only see her kids half the time because she's only got 50% custody. So for half the time, she's not with her infant children. Uh, Years later, Lynn Spears said in her memoir, she thinks Brittany probably had postnatal depression. No fucking shit. At this point, there's a lot of pictures in the media of Brittany out partying. She's at home. She hasn't got her kids. She's depressed and probably like spilling milk, whatever, and she doesn't know what to do. So she's out. Why not? She hasn't got the kids. But again, vilified. They ripped her apart for it. It was just negative spin after negative spin on she's a terrible mother. Copies of magazines were selling like wildfire. So that was all the rage back then. Fast forward to February 16th, 2007, when things started to go really wrong for Brittany. It's the night she shaved her head. Mm drove to Kevin Federline's house, flanked by paparazzi, and asked him to see her kids. And he said no. She was heartbroken. So this whole thing was basically being recorded. Yeah, her whole mental decline, fueled by the paparazzi. Because I'm sure if you don't have your dignity stripped away from you by having every single action recorded, you know, maybe you've got a little bit of breathing space to pull yourself together. But five days later... Again, still like trailed by paparazzi on February 21st, 2007. She again goes to Kevin's house to try and see the kids. He again says no. Like I said, she's a new mum. Sean Preston, just over a year, a year old. Jaden James, about five months at this point. I talked a little bit before about those dogs. Doesn't take a psychologist to figure out why she is always carrying those dogs dressed up as babies in her arms. She's missing her kids. This particular night, she's gone back, she's told no. She's with her cousin Howie. They leave Kevin's house, drive to a petrol station, go back to Kevin's house, try again to see if she can see her kids. He won't let her in. Oh, God. She's really upset. They go back in the car and a paparazzo called Daniel goes up to the car and starts harassing her and she loses it. She gets out of the car. She's got a shaved head. 
gets an umbrella, starts hitting him and hitting his car. Mm. And of course, click, click, click. Yeah, of course. It's the money shot. Pushed to her limits. And easy headline, Brittany's mm. unhinged. But it was fucked for her custody situation because KFED then insisted you have to go to rehab if you want to see the kids. In early 2007, she checked into a treatment centre in Antigua, but checked out the next day. Don't know why. Antigua. Antigua. Antigua? Antigua. 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 Yeah. Antigua. That's a nice place Antigua. to go for rehab, I would imagine. Isn't that where Amy Winehouse went? Yes. It's in the Caribbean. Yeah, I think she went there. In October 2007, the judge said basically she was too fucked up on drugs and full custody was going to Kevin. Oh. And she was allowed four days of visitation only. What a result. With a court-appointed monitor. That is so devastating. That's awful. Then in September 2007, Brittany gives a super shit performance on the MTV Video Awards and she's slammed and I've seen it. It's crap. But, you know, she just lost her kids. She was traumatised. For sure. Who put her on that stage? Exactly. Why was she there? She fires Larry Rudolph. A guy called Sam Lufty enters the picture. He's a creep. He's trying to be her manager. And Is that the guy she had a relationship with for a bit? Don't know if they did. Jamie and Lynn hated him and right. wanted him out of her life. This is part of the reason why I think this conservatorship happened. They also wanted to bring in a woman called Lou Taylor, who was a business manager who was Christian with an evangelical church pastor husband. Sounds great. Well, they wanted her in because they thought then they'd have God on their side. But Lou Taylor had reportedly been accused of using conservatorship as a business model. She tried to get Lindsay Lohan under one to control uh -huh. Lindsay's money. She tried to get Courtney Love under one to get control of Kurt's publishing. It has been posited that Lou did not have Britney's best interests at heart. And the fact that you've just said it was being used as a business model makes me think that she's not the only person that's occurred to. Of course. It was all going wrong for her. And then there was the thing that really kicked her over the edge in January 2008. According to Brittany's housekeeper, the kids had come over to Brittany's place for a custodial visit. And when the time was up, Brittany didn't want her kids to go and she got really upset. She just wanted to have her kids with her. Then one of KFED's bodyguards arrived to take the kids back to Kevin's place. But she was delaying the kids leaving, even though she knew it could put her in violation of her custody agreement. Eventually, she handed Preston over to the bodyguard, but then she ran into the bathroom with Jaden and refused to come out. Aww. This freaked out the bodyguard who called Kevin Federline, who called his lawyer, who then called the police, who then called the fire department, oh, who then called God's an ambulance. Sake. And somehow in the middle of it all, paparazzi and news crews oh, got wind no. of it. They were outside the house. There were reporters on the lawn. There were helicopters overhead. This is horrific. It's like a drug bust, but all that happened was she just had her kid in the bathroom. According to this guy, Sam Lufty, when he arrived, the house was full of cops and firemen carrying axes, oh, ready Jesus. to bust down the door. But the door wasn't even locked. She was just in there holding this sleeping baby, pacing back and forth. Mm. Eventually, she handed Jaden over. But just before, well, she was about to do it, firemen came in, police came in, stormed the bathroom, took the baby, strapped her into a gurney, and <gasps> she was issued with that 5150. Oh, that's the moment. Kevin was granted immediate sole custody. Her visitation rights were suspended indefinitely because they said she'd endangered her kids. And the thing is that people who were actually there that night say it just wasn't true. 
even Robin Johnson, who was that court-appointed monitor who mm. had to be there because she wasn't allowed to be alone with her own kids, yeah. said none of this was her fault. There were so many people involved in her life that caused all of this craziness with her. I don't have anything derogatory to say about her and it was probably one of the saddest cases I've ever done in my entire life. Oh, man. Michelle, can I ask you a question? At that time, here's me. I've just admitted to knowing quite a lot about yes, you too. Britney Spears. We were all heat readers. <laughs> we were all heat readers. Michelle, you even worked there at that time. Do we feel like we might maybe be a little bit responsible? With a lens of 2023 20, hindsight and bigger conversations around mental health and it not being stigmatized, yeah. I think we were all living in a different cultural climate. Not to give us a free pass, but, you know, our fascination with celebrity and, of course, that was your living at the time as well as our yeah. all our interests. I mean, we do it on our podcast to a certain degree, don't we? We talk about things we've heard about that we find interesting, but we do try and do it with a lens of, you know, a little bit of compassion, I guess. And empathy for what empathy. this poor woman yeah. was going through. Like I said, she was a cash cow. Not just for her immediate circle, but magazine industry, people mm. making a lot of money off her and everything to do with her. You know, a picture of Britney Spears with a shaved head, ka-ching. Yep. It's big money. Back then, it's hard to believe, but people bought magazines. You didn't really get your news off the internet until TMZ. It was a different time. Do not confuse. Well, I did some research. A.K.A. Googling. Investor Googling. After this 5150, Jamie Spears and Lou Taylor consulted lawyers about establishing a conservatorship for Britney. Although Lou Taylor's lawyer denies this, saying that Lou Taylor, who I think it's the Free Britney kind of super fans, they call her Lou Sifar because I think she's the fucking My, devil. The devil. Yeah. Lou Taylor's lawyer says that Lou was more of an observer than a contributor to the whole thing, but who knows? She tried to do it to Lindsay and Courtney. Yeah, weird. The main thing was Jamie and Lynn thought Sam Lufty was trying to financially bleed Britney dry. So they were keen to get the conservatorship in place as soon as possible. But the whole narrative about Sam Lufty trying to bleed her dry, not being a good person, well, that all comes from Jamie and Lynn Spears because there's no other proof other than their word that he was a shark. I don't necessarily think he was a good guy, but uh -huh. I don't think he was the evil person that the parents were trying to make him out to be. Right. Either way, looking back, it seems that her parents were going to do whatever it took to get Sam out of Britney's life. They wanted in on all that cash. Oh, yeah. Too much. Too much money to let someone else siphon it away. It seems that her parents thought that a conservatorship would be good for everyone involved, with the exception of Britney. Basically, sure. they got a second 5150 against Britney while she was still in the hospital. Wow. So they could organize the conservatorship and the court. Now, this conservatorship was put in place without anyone from the court ever talking to Britney. Wow. -y. I mean, is that how it goes? I think if you're going to put someone under a conservatorship and they have the means to be able to talk, you know, yeah. they're not gaga, then... I don't mean Lady Gaga, I mean yeah, I know they're not mean. demented. So if they're able to speak and, you know, make sense, then they should really be heard, even though all the voices around them are saying, no, you can't do this. You can't do this on your own. You need us to do it for you. You haven't got the mental capacity. 
She might sound like she does, but she doesn't. Well, that's what they were arguing. Apparently, the only testimony uh, that Brittany was unfit came from a woman called Jacqueline Butcher, who was a family friend of Lynn Spears. The judge granted the conservatorship and the whole thing took less than 10 minutes. And of course, since then, there have been questions raised over how the conservatorship could have been granted with so little evidence and so fast, with the implication being here that it had all been pre-planned and put into place, just waiting for that inciting incident. Certainly sounds that way. But who knows? The fact was, Brittany was now under a conservatorship and the judge then appointed a probate lawyer called Sam Ingham as Brittany's advocate. The judge then granted the conservator's petition to waive the requirement to notify Brittany that any of this was happening. So she's in hospital. She has no clue that basically she's had every single right stripped away from her. That's a shocking thing to wake up to. It's like finding you've only got one leg. Yep. And the court backed it all. Sam Ingham, who Brittany never had any say on being her advocate, he was on an annual salary of 520000 per year, Good paid God. by Brittany. Like I said earlier, Jamie Spears became a co-conservator with a lawyer called Andrew Wallet. Very apt name for him, by the sound <laughs> <Yeah>. of it. <laughs> now, like I said, there's a medical document that has never been seen to this day by anyone other than well, a judge called Judge Reva and Jamie Spears testifying that to some weird mental health condition that no one knows about. But I will say on the conservatorship petition, Jamie or someone working with him ticked the box saying Brittany had dementia. That's what? That's crazy. Yeah. And no one questioned it. Nope. And in my opinion, I think that's the smoking gun here that allowed them to effectively enslaved this woman for 14 years because according to the courts she has dementia right no one's asking for the paperwork no one's asking for the tests which you can do to prove but I don't think even Brittany knew that someone had ticked a box that said she had dementia it was all hush hush and while all this was happening her dad Jamie filed a restraining order against Sam Lufty on behalf of Brittany because he could now because he was in control So Sam Lufty had to stay the hell away. He could decide to sack him as well, I suppose. Oh, he could do anything. Conservatorships are only meant to be temporary. And like I said, I think they're meant to be re-evaluated every three months. And apparently at the beginning of this conservatorship in 2008, three psychiatrists were approached and asked to confirm Brittany's lack of mental fitness. But the first two refused because they said she's perfectly fit, I think, is the implication. But of course, there's always someone who will come to the party and say whatever you want. I shouldn't say that because I don't know for sure. That's libelous. Sorry. but <laughs> Well caught, Michelle. Whoops. A guy called James Spar did basically say that she was mentally unfit. And Brittany was then locked into that conservatorship with all rights stripped from her. Her dad, Jamie, then reinstated Larry Rudolph as Brittany's music manager because she'd fired him. He then employed Lou Taylor as her business manager and Jamie is now basically in control of every single aspect of his daughter's life. Now, while Brittany was in the hospital during the second 5150, she managed to hire a lawyer called Adam Streisand. Is that Babsy's son? I don't think so, but it is spelled the same way. So it it could have something to do with old Babs. She managed to hire this lawyer And after she was released from the hospital, she met with him 
because they did tell her you're under conservatorship. Apparently, his first question to her was, do you have the capacity to hire me? Apparently, Brittany said, listen, I know I can't fight the conservatorship from happening, but I do not want my dad to be the conservator. Please find a professional to do it. Anyone Anyone but him. him. And he thought, do you know what? That actually sounds like someone who's in a reasonable state of mind. Yeah. So in early February, Adam represented Brittany in court, saying Brittany opposed Jamie Spears from being her conservator. And the judge, apparently, this Judge Reaver, said, I have a medical report and you haven't seen it. And I'm not going to show it to you, but it shows that she does not have the capacity to hire you. (gasps) So that was it for Adam Streisand. That was it. The judge then reconfirmed Sam Ingham as Brittany's lawyer. Do you think this medical report is the one that says she's got dementia? Well... Something with the whole dementia thing could be here. I actually think it sounds bogus. I think it all sounds fucked up. And I will tell you, so the judge reconfirmed Sam Ingham as Brittany's lawyer. That medical report, turns out it came from Sam Ingham. Dodgy as fuck. Sounds that way. I think to me it sounds made up to secure a corrupt conservatorship. This is Mm. what it sounds like to me. But just opinion. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it got through and there's a judge involved. Surely no one's paid him off because that's illegal. Everyone's going to jail. Yes, you would think. But if you think about that medical report, aside from dementia or schizophrenia, what mental illness could be so bad that she would be enslaved for 14 years? I can't think of it. Do you know the answer? No, it's still You've just sealed. said the, the two, which are like psychosis, but psychosis doesn't last always, you know. She's made four albums. She's been on tour. If she's still working, then why can't she at least have access to her children or her money? She's made over 200 million. She's working. She couldn't be that bad. She, whatever mental illness she supposedly had or dementia or whatever. If you have dementia, you can't remember lyrics to a song or a dance move. Yes, that's true, Michelle. Good thinking. If you have schizophrenia, how do you do a Vegas residency for four years? Mm. How, like, how do you work? How do you record mm. four albums? How do you do a world tour? Since 2008, Britney's father has controlled her life. He tells her when to work. He makes her record albums and go on tour. Sounds like a cult. Yep. Like I said before, he wouldn't even allow her to have a phone. And he was in charge of giving her medication and that whole IUD thing, which is fucking sick. I mean, it's really cultish behavior, isn't it? Cult of one. Cult of one. And she was legally unable to refuse it because, you know, access to her kids will be taken away thrown into a psychiatric hospital for lack of cooperation, and she's bankrolling it all, including Mm. giving her brother a $2 million apartment, her mum a $4 million house, her dad a job that pays him millions. What about the little girl, Jamie Lynn? She's the only one that wasn't on the payroll, actually. Mm. Interesting. I mean, you know, she she was on X Factor as a judge, earning $15 Who, Jamie Lynn? Brittany. Whoa, right. I didn't know that. If she's got this terrible mental illness that means she has to be in a conservatorship, how is she being a judge? How is she doing all this stuff? Could she not have gone to Simon Cowell and said, help me, help me, I'm, I'm being <laughs> treated as a slave. Please, can somebody stand up for me? You're powerful. Well, she did go to people and ask for help. No one believed her. I mean, there was a moment where she was apparently stopping people in the street and asking to use their phone because she was desperate to try and get people to help her. She was under 24-hour surveillance. She apparently stole a phone from a guy in a gym one time because she was so desperate. 
we're going to skip forward now to October 15th, 2018, when co-conservator Andrew Wallet petitions the court for an increase in his salary to almost half a million a year. Three days later, on October 18th, Brittany was supposed to announce a new Vegas residency at this live event in Vegas where she was meant to sing and dance and interview and all this kind of stuff, except she comes out, she walks straight past the presenter and out the door. Wow. And that residency gets cancelled. So I think the cracks are starting to show and she's Mm -hmm. fighting back. This is all in the midst of this groundswell of Free Britney. Fans were really starting to have an impact and get her plight into the media. Then in 2019, Jamie was removed from being a conservator because he needed emergency surgery and a new woman called Jodie was installed as co-conservator. Okay. Then Brittany stops posting on social media. So she was able to use social media during this time then? Yes, she was, but it was all monitored. Monitored. But her fans were doing weird things like, if you need help, Brittany, wear a yellow shirt in the next post you do. She's wearing a yellow shirt. Wow. Apparently there were all these clues and it was super sleuths that were trying to look at her social media and try and help her. If you want us to ring 911, wear a green hat. She wore a green hat, Mm. all this kind of stuff. But anyway, she stops posting on social media and she's reportedly gone to a mental health facility. So fast forward to Feb 2021 when a New York Times documentary about Britney generates massive public interest in her conservatorship. April 2021, there's a routine court hearing to renew the conservatorship. But this time, Brittany requests the court hearing be in an open court. And it's granted. And it's scheduled for June 23rd. The members of her team, most of whom had never even met her, they just thought it was going to be same old, same old. Hmm. But the night before the hearing on June 22nd, Apparently, Brittany called 911 to report herself as a victim of conservatorship abuse. Wow. And her team freaked out. And they begged the judge to clear the courtroom and seal the transcript of her testimony. Yeah. And mind you, it's COVID. She's phoning in. And the judge was like, nope, everyone who's phoning in, they can hear everything. So she phones in and for 24 minutes... She speaks about the ordeal she's been through for the past 14 years. And she says, the people who did this to me should go to jail. She says she's been isolated, medicated, financially exploited, emotionally abused. And she blamed the California legal system for letting it happen to her. And she said she didn't check herself into that mental health facility. She was forced to go there because, first of all, her management said she had to do a tour. And if she didn't, they would sue her. For not doing it. Her management. Yes. We're going to sue her for not doing a tour. So she had to do this tour and she was exhausted. She didn't want to do it. Then she said she was in rehearsal and there was a dance move that she didn't want to do. So she kind of pushed back a little bit on it. They went, you're not cooperating. And they put her in the rehab facility. Fucking hell. Just to show her what what power they had over her. Yep. And they said she wasn't taking her medication. So... They forced her to take lithium. Oh, no. And lithium's intense. Yes, I know. They forced her to do a psych test, which she apparently failed. She was in that mental health facility for, I think, about four months. In the testimony, she said, he loved the control he had over someone as powerful as me. I think she's right. 
you know, and she said she had to attend 10 hours of meetings a day, seven days a week. If she didn't cooperate. Who's he? Her dad. It was the dad. Yeah. So Jamie, her dad, she said, loved having the control over her. While she was in this mental health facility, she had to give eight vials of blood a week. She said in her court testimony, I've lied and told the whole world I'm okay and I'm happy, but it's a lie. I just thought if maybe I said it enough, I might become happy because I've been in denial. I've been in shock. I'm traumatized. You know, fake it till you make it. But now I'm telling you the truth. I'm not okay. I'm so angry I can't sleep. I'm depressed. I cry every day. And then she says, and my precious body who has worked for my dad for the past 13 years trying to be so good and so pretty and so perfect when he works me so hard and I do everything I'm told. The state of California has allowed my ignorant father to use his own daughter. You know, and she said, I didn't know I could petition the conservatives to end it. And she said, I'm sorry for my ignorance, but I honestly didn't know. And then she signs off by saying, Ma'am, I'm okay to talk to you today about it all, but I wish I could stay with you on the phone forever because when I get off the phone with you, all of a sudden, all I hear are all these no's. No, no, no. And then all of a sudden, I feel ganged up on and bullied and I feel left out and alone and I'm tired of feeling alone. Wow. That's fucking heartbreaking. heartbreaking. Less than two weeks after she gave this testimony, her manager, Larry Rudolph, resigns. That same day, her court-appointed attorney, Sam Ingham, also resigns. In September, at a court in LA, a judge suspends Jamie Spears from the legal arrangement of him having control over his daughter's life, and he's no longer a conservator. Fantastic. And on November 21, after nearly 14 years, an LA judge handed down a decision to dissolve the conservatorship altogether, meaning that Brittany finally took back control of everything, her estate, her finances, her body, her decisions, relationships, health, meds. Everything. But meanwhile, her children have grown up. Yes. And are strangers, basically. And they don't have good things to say about her. Well, they haven't grown up with her. They don't know her side of the story. No. And the other thing is that she can kick all these people off the payroll. She does not have to pay all these people to oversee her affairs. Mm. So her nightmare is finally over. Which brings us to now. Since her conservatorship ended, she's been married. She's filed for divorce. Her kids have spoken out about not wanting to see her because they don't like the way she behaves in public, including all these semi-nude pics that she's been putting all over Instagram. How old are they? Uh, I think like 16 or something now. Well, everyone's embarrassed of their mum at that age, especially if they've got their boobies out. Let's not forget too, last year she released that song, Big Fucking Smash Hit, Hold Me Closer with Elton John. I didn't hear it. Is it Hold Me Closer? Yeah, it's the one. Tiny Dancer. Well, that sounds like Tiny Dancer. It is Tiny Dancer. It's Elton John and Britney. I didn't know. But it's called Hold Me Closer. It's like you probably just thought it was a a Tiny Dancer remix. But it's Britney and it's Elton. They've called it Hold Me Closer. They haven't called it Tiny Dancer. I don't know why. It's awful, but it's a fucking earworm. (laughs) She's been slammed for topless horse riding. She's gotten herself loads of new tattoos. She's reportedly feuding with Jamie Lynn, her sister. She's still estranged from her mum and dad. She's told her fans she's going to stop using Botox. She's negotiating with Sony for a comeback album. She's reportedly going to release a tell-all memoir. Go for it. It's back to the business of being Being Britney. Britney. Yeah. But you know what? It's her life. It's her mistakes. No matter what she does, no matter the fuck-ups or how tacky it is, whatever, she's in control and that's her right, finally. Yes. I absolutely agree with you, Michelle. She's the one with the talent. She's the one doing the hard yards. 
She's now allowed to do whatever the fuck she wants. Good, bad, it's all on her and that's how it should be. Well done, Brittany. It's been a long time coming and I, for one, apologise for consuming any of the media that put you in that position in the first place. And it will definitely make me think twice about celebrities and how they're being portrayed. Maybe we should have a little think about Meghan Markle and how she's being portrayed. That will come out. But also, there's a whole thing about Paris Hilton and what she went through. Yes, I know a little bit about that, yeah. Awful stuff. But anyway, that's all I got for you. Well, that's more than enough, Michelle. I know. And I think, really, at this point, there is only one thing left to say. Or three things. Mm, Three things. Exactly. Yes. Wherever you are. Whatever you do. Just keep eavesdropping. 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 Eavesdropping, dropping, eavesdropping, dropping, eavesdropping, dropping, 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 drop